All right, so Frankenstein, it starts why when there's a person on a ship who sees a random person. That random person um, tells him a story. The story is about how he created a monster using galvanism. Galvanism is like bringing back the dead. That monster eventually turns into, it's, not a, it's a creature, and eventually they reunite, and the creature starts telling him the victor, the creator of the creature, his okay. story about how he came. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll go next. Okay. Wait, give me one second. I'll time my stuff again. Okay, so Frankenstein starts when a man meets another man on a boat, and he talks about how he created a monster with galvanism. And he, like, loses the monster for a little bit, and but then eventually they reunite when he thinks, like, the man who created him, Frankenstein, um, thinks that the monster actually killed his, like, friend, I guess, and then the monster ends up telling his story about why he shouldn't be hated. Oh, that was bad. Okay, anybody else? <laughs> uh, I can go next. Okay, three, two, one. So, um, there's a ship, and, um, the captain of the ship sees this guy and, like, pulls him out of the water, and the guy starts telling his story about how he created this creature, and tells him that he shouldn't do that, and so basically when he's young, he wants to learn all he can and read a bunch of books, and then he gets really obsessed and um, creates this creature, and then he gets scared and runs away. Um, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Okay, Emma, you're up. Okay, okay three, two, one. Okay, time. Oh, All right. Uh, was that okay? Do we want to pause the recording real quick? Three. Okay. Oh wait, yeah. Sorry. You go ahead. Go ahead. Go. So, um, this is the first question. Victor's character development. Um, discuss Victor's sense of self and responsibility for his actions. Be sure to discuss. Okay, so guys, we have to start um with the beginning, not just the chapters we just read. Something I think that's really interesting is he shows a lot of commitment to everything he does. So, for example, when he starts, when he starts by creating the creature, um, he's so committed to creating the creature. He doesn't want to do anything else. He takes pretty much a year break off his life and just focuses on this one task that he doesn't even really think that much about, if you get what I mean, because... He creates the creature and he regrets it immediately, but he doesn't regret it after thinking after creating it for a year. So he's so committed on this like separate task, and then after he creates it and he's depressed, he's so committed on. Or he's not. He doesn't have that same commitment to to destroying the creature and getting rid of it. But eventually, I feel like that'll be coming because he's going to figure out that. That happened to, that he killed William, or and he's killing other people according to the sharp. So, 
I think it's really interesting to see his commitment throughout the book. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, like, he com- becomes blinded by his obsession. Yeah, you don't say anything. Um, I also think how it's very interesting how he, um, I noticed how he's a super, like, curious character, and his curiosity gets to him. Like, when he made the picture, she was, like, super curious how she made the picture and decided he didn't like it, like, it wasn't how he thought it was going to be. Um, sorry, I was talking to, my internet is so bad, but can you hear me? Yeah, now we can hear you. Okay, cool. So, I, so going back to what Ben said, I thought that it was really interesting that, like, because in the beginning of the novel, Shelley makes it really apparent that, like, they have a really great family di- dynamic, and that, like, he loves Elizabeth, and Elizabeth loves him, and, like, they have, like, and they're really happy with, like, their parents and their other siblings, and I think that it's just crazy how, like, Oh, I think you cut off. Yeah, you guys, it just like, and then we didn't hear anymore. Yeah, but I can kind of continue what you were saying, I guess. You were, you were talking about how she was. Oh. Wait, can you still hear me? We can now. We, you cut out, you cut out for like 15 seconds. Oh my gosh. Okay. I do not know what to do. My internet is really bad. It's all good. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah, so what I was saying was, um, I'll just, like, recap what I was saying, but, like, how the family dynamic was so great, and how, like, Elizabeth and all of them were just... Huh. Brianne, you cut out again. Oh, Brianne, I think you you cut out again. I think his obsession changes. So yeah, we talked. I talked about commitment, and then actually thinking about it more, and rereading the question. I think he goes from commitment to being to real, really realizing the gravity of his actions. Like he realizes what he did, how wrong it was, taking the body parts of other dead people. That's just disgusting and like messed up. So I think he really starts to understand what he did, and I also think. Once we get farther into the book, more things will change and he'll strive more for a better change. Can you hear me? Yes, for now. All right, so can you text in the chat if you, because, like, when I go out, like, I can't hear anyone either. Okay, I'll, we'll text you in the chat. Okay, thanks. Okay, so, um, I found the poem really interesting because, um, like, it said how we should just kind of, like, totally disregard, um, like, science and, like, the advancements in science and art and stop, like, getting knowledge from books and rather just, like, experience things and experiences are the only things that, like, can bring us true knowledge and, like, yeah, in the world. But I thought that to, like, attain, like, a true sense of, like, worldly knowledge, you need a balance of both scientific and, like, like, nature aspects. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what Victor utilized because he appreciates nature and he knows how that is needed to make as many scientific advances as possible. Since like every time he, cause he keeps like nature very prevalent in his life. Every time he goes through like a dark stage, he goes out to nature 
and it helps like revive him and to create the creature he needed to use both nature and new scientific developments yeah for sure and I think even just the writing of it like how the poem is saying how like nature is like can solve everything and like is like the bet is like the bet is like better than um, books and science and stuff um that's kind of the same as like the romantic period that um the author was in while writing Frankenstein you know and like that's why Frankenstein like whenever like he goes into nature it like cures him for a little bit not cures him but like helps him um and yeah that's similar to the poem it's like that whole time period Yeah, I think the poem's really interesting because it really talks about how, I, if we're thinking about the same poem, um, I think when I read, when we read the poem in class, it really focused on some of the things you have in nature are more important than anything you can ever, the way I took it was that is more important than anything you can ever create in with technology. Like the arts and technology are important, but understanding like the base of nature and the importance of nature is the most important. So I like, I agree with the, with the speaker personally, because it's really, because I feel like if you don't have an appreciation for nature, nature is what keeps us here. So I think it's really interesting to think about it that way and use nature correctly and safely. So yeah, that's what I personally think. Emma, do you have anything else to add? I read the poem, I uh, thought that what the speaker was talking about how you only need nature, and I don't agree that you only need nature. I think you should have like a healthy balance between nature and like the book that was, but not focus like completely on books because it will like if it's it could be more boring, but yeah could you guys hear emma all good yeah we can hear her pretty well um i wanted okay, perfect. To, i wanted to add one more thing um i found that like the poem was saying how it's more important like nature is more important and what like scientists tend to do is um like analyze every intricacy that like nature displays and like try to analyze it and dissect it and by doing that I kind of avoid and don't truly see like the big picture and I think that like um Frankenstein actually does do that because he's one of these scientists because I know like many scientists um like in the past many famous scientists I doubt that they really took time to like appreciate just the beauty of nature and not try to like analyze it and like find like a scientific like, you know, if you know what I mean. And so um, I found that that really interesting that Frankenstein has kind of a balance of both um, like appreciation for nature and just its beauty in general. And then he also like dives deeper in, which caused him to create um, the creature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really yeah. good. Also, he mixed, yeah. <laughs> also, like that year that he just like devotes himself solely to science and like forgets all nature and just, like, doesn't have any interaction with, with nature, like, he goes pretty insane and, like, creates this creature and, like, he's just, he's just insane and 
like, I feel like that's what can, that's something that can happen when you only have one or the other, like, you need a good balance of nature and science. Yeah, exactly, and that, like, by him isolating himself from nature, he, um, like, created something, like, the worst, like, creation in his eyes, because when we get to the question about the monster on question four, I actually have a lot of stuff that I want to talk about on that, because I don't necessarily see the monster as, like, a burden or, like, a monster anymore, per se, Mm -hmm. but, um, in his eyes, he, like, isolated himself from nature and only focused on science, and he ended up creating, like, the worst thing in his life, so I find that really interesting that, like, the only different thing was he wasn't around nature, which shows that nature is very important when, like, trying to live a balanced life. Yeah. I agree. Are you guys ready to move on to the next question? Yeah. Um, Megan, what? I. How does this approach differ from your approach to your studies? How does Victor choose a mentor? Do you have a mentor? And how would your studies be different if you were mentoring, if your mentoring situation were different? So, um, I give the first answer that I, there's a lot of questions and I'm just going to answer a little bit of all of them. So how does Victor approach his studies at the University of Ingersoll? Um, I think he approaches them with passion. All the, um, he chose natural philosophy and chemistry. And those are things that really interest him. So I think it was really cool to see how he approaches some of these classes with so much passion and so much interest because it's really what he wants, wanted to do. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I think it's a little bit different from athlete, my approach for my studies, at least right now, just because we don't really have the like the same amount of choices of what classes we take. We more take the base math and the base English and the base Spanish and stuff like that. So it really is different and spread out, but I think the classes that we do like, and I, I do like personally, it is more fun to take them and like do doing homework with a class you like is way easier than doing homework with a class you don't like. So, um, also Victor chooses a mentor from, again, some, someone that does what he wants to do. So, or is interested in what he wants to do. They have similar interests. So I think that's similar to like my mentor which is my back, like my coach. So I just think seeing those correlations is pretty interesting. And then lastly, how would your studies be different if your mentoring situation would be different? Um, well, I've had my basketball coach, my club basketball coach since I was in fourth grade. So I think it'd be, maybe I would try different sports and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, my studies, I don't really know because I teacher, it's not really a teacher. It's more of a uh, sports thing. So yeah. That was pretty much my answer to all the questions. There's a lot of questions, so. Okay, cool. That's that's cool how you could, like, um, like draw, like, a relation between your mentor and um, his mentor. Okay, so um, for the first one, so how does Victor approach his studies at the University of England? So um, at first, wait, and um, guys, again, if you cannot hear me, please tell me in the chat. <laughs> okay. So, um, at first, when he gets to the university, I think that, he was like an impressionable boy. He had stuff to learn and he knew that. So he utilized his professors. But I think that as he like continued his studies and he like gained all the knowledge he possibly could, it caused him, and I don't think that Shelley makes this very apparent, but like I inferred that he kind of became like arrogant in a sense because he, like it said in the book that he didn't even go to classes anymore because he knew as much or even more than the professors that were teaching him. And so 
I think that, and I find that really weird because at first, like, he respected all of the professors that told him that, like, the alchemy that he was studying wasn't um, right. But then when he went into isolation, he totally, like, shut them out. And it caused him to create his biggest mistake. So I think that he, like, like his knowledge and how much he had gained got to his head and caused him to think that he didn't need his mentor, but he didn't just need his mentor. I think you cut out again. I think um, to like focus on one, oh shoot, my internet's unstable. So how does it differ from my studies? Um, I um, would never like isolate myself to like to a specific topic and just like never like and shut the world out because I know that that is very like, you need other aspects in your life to like live a healthy balanced life. And that's why Victor, like, almost died from, like, sickness because he was only focusing on one thing that was driving him insane. Um, And how does Victor choose a mentor? I think he chose one knowing that they had more knowledge and had more experience than him. And I think that that influenced him to, like, choose a specific one. And then he also chose someone that, like, had interests, like, similar interests as him. I don't think I have a mentor per se. I'd say that like my biggest one would probably be my dad. And that's the same thing. He's had more experience. He has a lot of wisdom to share. So um, that would probably be mine. And how would your studies be different if the mentoring situation were different? I think it just depends on who you choose your mentor to be and what experiences they had in life. Because again, everyone has different experiences in life. So if my dad would have been a different person or if my mom would have been a different person, I would have had a probably different growing up and different um, and learned different lessons from them. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's good. And how you said about the balance, like, yeah, Victor focuses on like one thing, like, and that's kind of what led him down this path of isolating himself then and just focusing on another one thing, which was creating the monster and then, you know, he lost nature, which we just talked about, and, like, you need a balance of that, so, like, I think balance all over every aspect of your life is really important, and he didn't have that in his studies, so that kind of, like, um, <laughs> led him down the wrong path, and also yeah, for yeah. how does, um, Victor choose a mentor, um, we see that from, even from the very beginning, that Victor loves to learn, right, he's, like, reading all the books he can and stuff, and, like, even when his dad says, like, hey, don't, don't read these books, he's like, no, screw you, like, I'm gonna read everything, um, and so when he goes to college and he has that first, like, teacher that, like, tells him not, like, that tells him, like, you read the wrong books and stuff, and, like, basically, like, he can't learn any more from that mentor, like, from that teacher, then he goes and finds a new one, and then I, I think that he chooses a mentor that can help him continue learning and, like, and, like, feed into his learning, um, <laughs> like, need to learn, kind of. Um, so I think that Victor is very passionate about his studies and he's very um, 
like he wants he has his mind set on what he wants to do he knows what he wants to do and when and um like relating it back to me I think that my studies are different like this I take a different approach because like this stuff that I'm passionate about I will like go and I'll be determined to do what I'm passionate about but like this stuff that I don't want to do it's kind of hard to be passionate about it for me so I just don't want to like get it done and stuff like that and then Victor chooses a mentor based on what he kind of how he relates to the mentor he chooses um and I personally I don't have a mentor kind of like Brianne would probably be like my parents or something because they have just lived obviously they've lived longer than me so they have more wisdom so they like give me advice and stuff like that but other than that I don't really have a mentor but um I think my studies would be different like if I had if I actually had a mentor I think I would choose it based on um somebody that's kind of like me and somebody who has the same um passions as me so I think that's how I would choose a mentor if I Nice. Okay. Okay, so we're on the last question. How does this portion of the reading develop the creature as a character, and what does it su suggest about what it means to be human? So, um, Michelle, we were talking about this earlier, but we actually had, like, a little, like, malfunction with the recording. But anyway, I'll say it again. So um, I honestly thought that the creature became like a better person than Victor because when Victor created the monster he like immediately ran away and didn't even hear out like the creature's story or didn't even consider the fact that the creature could be like a good person on the inside but then um when like the creature was watching um the DeLacy family he got them wood and he was sympathetic of their pain for like being poor and in such a short time the creature had like developed certain human emotions that Victor hasn't even showed in the 130 pages that we have read in the novel. And I think that that's really interesting because I think that no matter like what in life, we judge people either severely or slightly based on their outer appearance. I know that like, we don't want to admit it, but at some like extent we do. And I think that that's what um, Victor did to the creature and when the creature experienced like intense judge like judging like from the people in the town when like everyone ran away and like was throwing stuff at him he still like was sympathetic towards like the poor villagers and i think that shows that maybe it takes like maybe like the nicer people are the ones who have like endured like the most pain or like prejudice against them because they understand how it would feel to like treat somebody else the same way. I don't really know what I'm saying, but I'm just kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think I kind of have a question. I think I can't. We can like barely hear you. Can you move the computer closer to you? I'm really close, but. Okay, wait. That, that's a little better. Um, 
Okay, sorry. We're sharing the AirPods and it kind of is not working too well. Um, all right, so something that I noticed. So, Brian, I like your spin on it. However, I have a little bit of a different spin on it. So when someone is born, I don't believe they're born as either a good person or a bad person. I think they're either taught or learned or see different ways of what they become. So when we originally, like in the beginning of chapter 12 or whatever, when he starts telling him about his when the Frank, when the creature starts telling Victor about his story, we really get to hear of how he's developing his ideals. He's developing his senses. So I think when we're reading this section and we see his actions, I think saying that he's a good, like he's, I think he's not really determined. He, we haven't really determined if he's a good or bad person. And nobody's a straight good or bad person, but some people make more bad actions than good actions. I think he, we're still trying to figure out what what his ideals are. You know what I mean? He's done some things. He might have murdered William. He he has some different ideals. But when you talk about Victor and compare him to see like his reaction, I think if you uh, I I I think his reaction was over overdone. However. When you see an eight-foot person made out of, like, different body parts and stuff like that, it's probably going to be a little bit frightening, especially when you're the creator of it. So it might not even have been, like, oh, my goodness, it's it, the, that thing's ugly. It might have been, wow, my creation. What I did was just ugly and not good. So I think I have a little bit of a different spin on it, but, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I kind of agree with Brianne. Because I think that um, when Victor was, like, young and he was, like, really into science and reading and books and stuff, um, and, like, that's how he, like, like, grew up, like, in that. And it said, like, the, like, when, right after Victor created the creature, he, like, went off and, like, left the creature to, like, walk around in nature on its own and stuff. And... So the creature was sort of raised, I guess, in, like, nature, like, for, like, alone in nature. And I think that's, like, interesting how the creature, like, turned out to be more sympathetic and, like, a nice, nicer, well, not person, but <laughs> nicer being than Victor. And, like, it's interesting how they were, like, raised in those different ways. And, like, the author definitely favors nature. Okay. Um, wait, can you guys hear me? Yeah. When when Frankenstein made the creature, I think he, like, when he ran away from it, his creation, I think he was just very overwhelmed as to what he made and how the creature, like, turned out. Maybe he was expecting it to be, like, to turn out differently. Um, I think he was just very overwhelmed. And I think the creature is um curious as well i think he because when he went into like the little town and found um saw felix and agatha um he wanted to like he realized that they were talking in the language and he decided it'd be a good idea to like sit there and learn like he wanted to learn their language so he knew kind of how people talk and stuff like that and i think that this I think this relates back to humans because humans, I think, would like 
like learn um, about people around them and are constantly trying to just learn about other people and learn about the people that they hang out with or their classmates and stuff like that. Okay, guys, that was a really good conversation. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so how do we go about um, stopping it? Um, just, we can just wrap up. Uh, okay, thank you.